This is a Thunderdog podcast. All right, let's read some quotes. All right, what you got, buddy? Uh, let me check my notes. Gladly. It's one of the quotes. Oh, it's from the beginning. Let that's me check a, my notes. That's a tricky one. Cox in the hen house. Don't say Cox. The shrewds produce very thirsty babies. <laughs> it's like slang for Starbucks. They're they're all over the place. Well, what is your type? Moms. Stay away from my mom. Too late, Kevin. There should be an unopened Arctic chill back there. I want that in the passenger's cup holder. She's prettier than you, though. Pam 6.0. Hello and welcome to Michael Scott Gives Me Social Anxiety, affectionately known as MSG MSA by its fans, a.k.a. me. And me. I'm Brad. I'm Evan. And we're our own biggest fans. Pretty much. But we're also the biggest fans of The Office. God, that was that was so good. That was, <laughs> but it's true. My hosting still skills stunned Bradley. Yeah, I, I was taken aback there for a hot moment. But we're back here. Um, MSG MSA. That's we right. call it that together. We f- refer to it as MSG MSA much more than we refer to it as Michael Scott gives me social anxiety because it's so much easier to type. It's quite a long title that we've come up with, eh? Yeah, six whole words. Six whole words and like a lot of syllables. Yeah. But what is MSG MSA? MSG MSA is our podcast that we created to talk about The Office. So what we do, we watch an episode and then we talk about it. But but what specifically do we talk about? We talk about the characters? No, we talk about how much anxiety it gives us. <laughs> it's Michael Scott gives me social anxiety. We talk about how cringeworthy, how like much Michael makes us want to die in any social setting that he's in. And dear, then, dear God, and then we like to rank them a little bit. Of course, we do over three scales, which we'll get to by the end of this episode. So That's stay right. tuned; it's going to be a good one because this is the season finale. This is the season finale of season one. Mm-hmm. Hot girl, hot girl. Season one, you and I discuss it as one of the worst seasons ever, if not the worst season. Mm, yeah, I think they're just getting their sea legs. Yeah, they got to figure out what the show is, and then they can really. Crank the crank the goodness meter. Yeah, squeeze that uh, that good juice out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Season one finale doesn't really feel like a finale. No, not at all. It's weird because season one is only six episodes. If anything, because of how it ends, it feels like very much not a finale. Because mm-hmm. like it ends on like an action that you want to see resolved. Yeah, exactly. Or a thread that will be continued through another episode. Yeah, exactly. So it feels weird that that's where they would cut it off. I have forgotten what season two, episode one, is all about and where it picks up, but I'm pretty sure it picks up as a normal episode would. Yeah. I what like I have never seen the British Office, and you haven't Me either. either. Then, correct. Not um, yet. We'll watch that as a, a bonus episode. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Probably. At some point. Yeah. Like I wonder how much is taken for f- like. When is the split up happen where the American office takes over, makes its own story, whereas the British office didn't? Right. And I feel like season one just literally copies pace for pace the British office. Maybe? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at least the first couple episodes are. I don't feel like they would have a basketball episode in a in the British office, though. Oh, yeah? 
that's like a quick Google search away, but I don't want to search it just yet. Nope. I want to be ignorant right now. Yep. And then when we get to that point, we'll have more things to talk yeah, about. We'll find out. Before we get too deep into this podcast, yep. I feel like we should summarize the episode in approximately 280 characters. You know what? I almost forgot our entire format. That's fine. So I agree. You know what? If if you had to tweet about this episode, how would you review it? Evan? If I were to tweet about this episode, I would probably say when a real cutie shows up at the office to sell purses, Dwight and Michael both get weird and horny to try to win her affections. Jim, being a silver-tongued cutie himself, wow. wins her heart and a date, which crushes Michael because he cleaned his car to give her a ride home. I love the specificity on that one. That's a uh, that is detailed. The specificity of weird and horny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like descriptive words. Okay. Uh, um, now, Bradley. Um, yeah, you're a you're a Twitter fanatic. I would say uh, some some might categorize me as such. But... So, if you were to let's say tweet about this episode of The Office, how would you how would you summarize? If it? I was a little bluebird, I would say that uh, Michael breaking some of his rules allows a purse merchant into the office to sell her wares. She is then courted by the main men in the office, while Roy is revealed to be even more of a dick than we originally thought. Oh, you bet. Yeah. I wanted to get some of that uh, Roy-Pam aspect. In yeah, there. I wanted to get that in there, but it just didn't fit. I only had five characters mm-hmm. left. Yeah. I could I could have just fit Roy at the end. That yeah. would have been interesting. Roy's... Uh... Nope. I could fit Roy. Yep. Roy. Roy, period. Yeah. <laughs> um, Evan. Yes. Bradley. I'm not sure if I want to start off this podcast with the big bangers, but uh, tell me, did you notice any like weird mouth movements in this episode? Weird mouth movements? Like Michael doing weird voices? Uh, no. Because he did a few of those. He did. Of course he did. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Burger and cheese. And fries. And no. Shark. <laughs> no, I'm talking like, there's two points where I was like, what the heck are these people doing with their mouths? Uh-huh. So Michael, when he's talking about the coffee machine to mm-hmm. um, Katie, Katie, the hot girl, so-called hot girl. The purse merchant, as you call her. Yes. Which is a good phrase. Yeah, the merchant, as I'm going to refer to her for the rest of this podcast. Michael's just doing something really weird with his mouth. And is it he? is. Yeah, I, di- I didn't notice it before, but looking at it again and finding the smaller details, his mouth is like all over the place. He was playing playing with his bottom jaw like... No one's Weird. business. Do you think he was just trying to make him give himself a more pronounced jawline? Maybe. Does that work? No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's kind of like, look like a gosh darn skeleton little man. Dislike this greatly. A uh, little businessman? Yeah. Small businessman. Oh, yes. He's a, he subscribes to that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then also, Jim, when he's eating his sandwich and with Pam and Roy, which is weird. Yeah, that's awful. Um... He's like chewing like a gosh darn cow. Oh yeah, like he's grazing on that he's, sandwich. Like he's chewing his cud. Yeah, pretty much. Ew. Like his jaw's doing like a circular motion. It's ridiculous. Oh, um, but Jim. yeah. So that was the jaw movements I was noticing. Jim, but sort your shit out. Clearly, I'm just looking at the lips. Real mouth focused episode. Yeah, <laughs> lots of words in this one. Speaking of speaking of words, mm-hmm. uh, I we both noticed something that we didn't notice on previous watches. Yep, which is. Pam is talking to Katie, mm-hmm. purse merchant, purse merchant, uh, and then Michael comes in and he interrupts and he says that line about "Is this your lunch break?" That's so, a discussion on it all of itself because Michael wastes so much time oh. in general, and then Pam's 
Yeah. So Pam, to buy a purse. Pam's like, oh, well, I already had a lunch break. I mm-hmm. got to go. Uh, so she leaves. And I never noticed before, but Katie says, don't go. Yeah, don't go. Like, come back. <laughs> don't leave me alone with this fucking weirdo. Yeah, both. Michael ruined a sale for her. Yeah. And two, don't leave me alone don't with leave me this alone. man. Because then Michael proceeds to take her into his office mm-hmm. and sort not in a really weird way, wiggles his way in, pressures his way into driving Katie home after her ride bails on her. Yeah. Um, weird. Definitely weird. Dislike. She definitely is uncomfortable with that, but also like... Her other options are walk home or pay for a taxi, I yeah, guess. transit. At some point there, Michael calls everybody slaves to yeah. him. Because yeah, he's the boss and he can uh, go yeah. home whenever he wants. Maybe a little bit early. like Yeah. Promptly at five. I could leave early. I'm the boss. Yeah. They're all slaves. Yeah. <laughs> Yet Michael's thing is all about being friends yeah. with, his, uh, with his co-workers. Yet... Even at the end. He even, says especially at he, the end. he would take... His, his, what was it? Everyday stand? Yeah. Instead of a one night stand? Yeah. Because you know their names at the end, but you don't know the one night stand's name? I guess. So yeah, Michael's like super into Katie. Dwight is also super into Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, Jim convinces Dwight to try to talk to her. And well, if the conversation goes awry, you always have the fallback of buy a purse. Mm Mm-hmm. Purses are for girls. <laughs> <laughs> Purses are like mini briefcases. Yeah. You should get on that trend. Yeah, I know. Do you, do you read that magazine that Jim reads? Because I don't. I don't. Neither do I. I don't think it But exists. apparently men like wearing purses as mini briefcases. I mean, I have a satchel. It's right here. It's true. I got a satchel too. It's good. Put my laptop in it. Yeah. Pretty much is a man purse. Yeah, basically. Same function. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same function, right? Essentially, put all her crap in it. Mm-hmm. Carry it around. I think it's kind of funny because, documentary-wise, Katie mm-hmm. is. There's a little insert of Katie saying, "Yeah, men are my best. Uh, yeah, my best clients because they purchase purses for their significant others, but they don't really know what they're looking for. Yeah, so, so she makes suggestions. Yeah, um, and Those then Dwight goes in there. Sequence. As far as we know, Dwight doesn't have anyone. Because no, clearly he's pursuing, he's he, yeah, Mose. Because clearly he's persuading uh, or pursuing uh, the merchant. Mm-hmm. Angela's in there, and though Angela seems to like to touch things, but she doesn't really. Yeah. Um, when Dwight then enters, joining Angela and the merchant to um, like ask her on a date. Yeah. He gets shut down obviously oh, so hard super completely and then walks out the door and there's a little weird kind of interaction between angela and the merchant i think angela says she doesn't like colors or something like that or mm-hmm. something incredibly boring but dwight pauses for a minute almost as if he's hearing angela say that he's making a mental note making a mental mental note and that might be the turning point of dwight becoming interested in angela hmm, interesting that's what i'm thinking potentially because last episode the no two episodes ago the alliance he mm-hmm. was super down with her getting fired yeah he she was like one of the first names out of his mouth for yeah. who was getting downsized going for the accountants so it's interesting that maybe this is the switch because i don't remember when that 
sort of little little tryst is introduced. Yeah, that relationship. What is the first moment that you see it? Because it's also it also happens before we see it. Like it's been going on for a while yeah. by the time we find out about it. Exactly. As audience members, as documentary viewers. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the beginning of it. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I think it. He did end up buying a black purse. It's true. Which it... does not have collar. True. And then he wears it throughout the office he for sure the rest does. of the day. There's one shot of Dwight just working. Yeah. With the person like looking like over, over his shoulder, shoulder to see if he if the uh, if Katie's noticing him. Mm-hmm. But like that was sort of just like inserted there. Yeah. That was like the joke, I guess. The one frame joke. One shot joke. But I don't know. It's a weird. It's a, definitely a weird day at the office. But yeah. Then again, what's a normal day? Yeah. One other like little little insert that they had was um, Pam putting on some lip gloss. Yes. And then she notices that the camera's on her and she stops putting on the lip gloss. Mm-hmm. So is that just her being nervous in front of the camera or is that her like trying to pretty herself up because everyone all day has been telling her this new girl looks like you, but hotter Pam 6.0 Kevin says, you know, she's prettier than you, all that sort of shit. Even Roy was like, Ooh, if I wasn't dating Pam, I'd go for it. I'd be getting right on that. And it's like, well, we're not dating. (laughs) We're engaged. And so is Pam trying to like step up her appearance, I suppose, you know, ap- appropriate herself to the male gaze as it were. Yeah. The question uh, of who is, but Pam, she doesn't want to get caught doing it. Or is that just like a normal thing that she does that we, we've never seen before? And then she's just like, Oh, it's weird for the camera to be on me for that. Well, I think not because we'd never really seen Pam with lip gloss before. Not that I've noticed. Or like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a lip gloss expert, though. Yeah, me neither. But like, I think you'd notice lipstick. You'd notice shinier lips if she had the lip gloss. Because clearly, yeah. clearly, the lip gloss that she had was noticeable yeah. enough. Um, and we pink. hadn't seen that kind of thing before. The question of who is Pam doing that for? Yeah, is she doing it for Jim? Is she doing it for Roy, or is she doing it just for herself yeah. to make herself feel like, just make herself feel pretty for herself, which is awesome. That also just seems to happen after. She finds out that Jim asked her out for the weekend. Ask Katie out. Ask Katie out for the yeah. weekend. Um, it could have been related to Kevin's comment. Like, Because Kevin just walks up to her being like, hey. You know she's prettier than you, right? Yeah. And God, that's awful. I know. One of the, oh, it's so bad. She seems shocked. Like genuinely like there's silence for a little bit. And then she calmly re- responds. Like that's very rude, Kevin, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is she... Who is she doing that for? Yeah. And the shying away once she's caught doing it. I think no matter what, it's like she didn't want to be seen trying to put effort into her appearance after everyone has been commenting on her appearance all day. Mm -hmm. Like she wants to seem like, oh, these those comments aren't getting to me. But in reality, no matter who she's doing it for, she's putting on lip gloss to quote unquote improve her appearance. Yeah. Pam probably has the most development throughout this entire show. And her one big step, I guess maybe, maybe not, but she has one big step later. And I'm excited for that episode to show that she changes. Um, 
And that's the episode where she cuts Roy's head off. Yeah. <laughs> it is gruesome. Like, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, it's four minutes of her just sawing through bones. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows everything. Oh, my God. But, yeah. So, if you... Ha- like, from you, in your point of view, who is... Why is Pam doing that? What is I, your thought process? I think she is doing it for Jim. Yeah? Because it's right after Jim says... I'm going on a date with Katie this weekend. That that's it seems to be cause and effect. Yeah. Even though Jim never says Katie's prettier than you, I think she's internalized that through everyone else's comments. Mm-hmm. And then we're getting serious. She's like internalized that and then like when Jim seems to pick Katie over Pam, Pam responds by being like, "Okay, well then I have to be prettier." Interesting. Even though in that same episode, Pam says, oh, yeah, we're like, he's like my brother, best friends at the office or whatever. Yeah. She's still like, to some extent, wants to be Jim's favorite girl. Yeah, exactly. Is she oblivious to Jim liking her or her wanting to be with Jim? Mm -hmm. Is she fully committed to Roy? Is she incredibly happy and interested with Roy? And does she know that she's not? Because clearly yeah. she's not, right? Yeah. She gets sad literally every time he shows up. Yeah. and But then Roy came back and gave, gave Pam yeah. a little tickle attack. Oh, the old tickles. Yeah. and Right, like, basically on top of Jim. That might be the one moment where I, like... Oh, God. That might be my one moment of... That's pure social anxiety in oh, this one tough. episode. It's tough. I don't... Like, I would I would die. Ugh. I'd just quit right there and walk out if that ever happened to me. No matter who it is. Like, if you're at... Yeah, it's like... You're talking to someone and their fiancé walks up and just starts being a tickle monster? Like, it's in your space, too. Like, it's at Jim's desk. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I think that Pam is doing it... I think Pam's self-conscious in that moment Mm -hmm. because of everything that happened. And I think that Jim asking her out is... Asking Katie out. Katie out. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that because I. It's hard when genders. Yeah. I think that Pam is self conscious because of everything that Kevin's saying and mm-hmm. what Roy said and Jim's final action of asking Katie yeah. out. That action says more than one contradicts what Jim told Pam during lunch. Yeah. That which he's was that. Not into her. Yeah. Not, not his type. Because Jim's into moms. Little, yeah. Little Soccer GSM. moms. Uh, NASCAR moms, NASCAR moms, single moms, single moms, um, preferably single moms, yeah. probably. But that one action of Jim going up and asking her out is probably more powerful than any of the words. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe I don't actually mean that because I also believe that Pam is committed to Roy in these moments. I don't think she's thinking of Jim like that. I don't think it's a conscious decision, mm-hmm. but I think subconsciously she she feels good when Jim gives her attention. Whereas when Roy's around, she always feels worse when she's the center of Roy's attention. Yeah. So, okay. So, like, Jim picking this other girl on over her, even if it's a subconscious reaction, mm-hmm. is still like a, well, he, he picked her because she's prettier, so I have to be prettier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put lipstick on. Oh, God. I got noticed. Put it away. <laughs> yeah. This episode really is all about people being self-conscious in themselves. One with Pam, as we just discussed, mm-hmm. but also with Dwight, because right. Dwight is always the, like a very confident, very sure of himself, very yeah. wants to be in power. That's like a theme for him this yep. and for a long time. Um, but maybe this is the first time, maybe it's not. I don't know. 
Dwight is self-conscious about himself as he's talking to Jim about approaching Katie because Michael started to talk to Katie a lot. Right. But clearly Dwight is interested in her. Very. The moment I realized this is when Dwight, Jim's trying to hype him up for uh-huh. the for the joke. And clearly Dwight is a little bit depressed, a little bit sad about this. Jim tells Dwight, you're the assistant regional manager. Like you go in there and take what you want. And Dwight says to himself, assistant to the regional manager. Right. He corrects in the opposite way that he usually does. Yeah. A little bit of rabbit season, duck season kind of yeah. thing. And that's how you sort of know, because like he would never do that on a normal day. No, definitely not. So in any sort of work-related circumstance, he would never give himself less power. Yeah. But now that he's in this uncomfortable sort of social circumstance, he's like, "Well, I'm fucking nobody." Yeah. And then Jim hypes him up, yeah. and though Jim is doing it for a joke, for for the memes, yeah. There is a like that's a nice thing to do, sort of. I guess uh, is it I a mean, nice thing? He like set him up to fail. But yeah. Like, but bringing him out of that sad state into a more happy kind of a time. Semi-confident. That's nice. Yeah. Cheering him up a little bit. Yeah. Even if it was for the meme. It's always for the meme. It's always for the meme. Changing of appearances. Pam changing her lip gloss. Um, Michael changing his car. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a thread. Dwight adding a purse. Dwight adding a purse. I was thinking kind about of that. A... Sort of to impress her, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what that one shot was all about. Um, to show Dwight with the purse, physically changing his usual sitting attire. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, Michael also like changed himself in that he was pretending to love coffee, and like when he brings in the espresso, he takes a sip, and you can see how disgusted he is by yeah. it. And like that's when Stanley asks, "Isn't that the prize for the top salesman?" And and like with like horror in his voice as to like what he just tasted he said well it's easy to clean yeah which honestly i don't know anything about espresso makers i've never been a barista they seem really hard to clean yeah i don't think they are easy to clean like fully and completely yeah but also like new status probably a real tough time yeah but also uh stanley's not gonna win that anyways no michael changing michael's a chameleon based on any situation definitely yeah and like that's just who he is but not well yeah no, not at all. No, it's super obvious, obviously. One way he does change, though, is with his little rules. Mm-hmm. He's got two rules. No office romances, but also... Just do it. Nike. Nike. Just do it. Because he just does it, I guess. I guess. He um, tries. Yeah, I guess so. So, obviously, he breaks those rules for his own doing. Mm-hmm. But he does apply that to Dwight when Dwight asks permission to yeah. He only says Michael. the first rule. He doesn't say the second rule. Yeah, exactly. Dwight. And he says it's okay because she's not a permanent employee. True. But Michael's going to drive her home. Yeah. And he can't promise it's just going to be a ride home. Not that he can't, but that he won't. Yeah. As Dwight will specify. Yep. These people must, like, zoom in on them real close. Mm-hmm. Because when Jim is telling Pam about going out for drinks with Katie for the weekend, mm-hmm. there's just a super close-up on Pam from the left. And then from the right, you can see both of them in frame. But uh-huh. there's a little bit of the wall in the left corner. So clearly oh, yeah. they're like peeking around and then zooming in because it's super blurry and stuff, right? Uh-huh. I don't know where the other camera is in relation to Pam there. It might even be in the meeting room and oh, through maybe. the glass. Oh, creepy. So close that it's not hitting the the little blinders. Blinds. 
but maybe not. But in reality, is that guy just like laying on the ground, staring up at her, and they're having this normal conversation while this other guy's peering behind the wall, which is like five feet, max 10 feet away from them? Oh, yeah. These people must be pretty obviously recording them. Well, yeah, they know that that the recording is happening, but at the same time, like, they mentioned in the later seasons when, like, the camera crew become actual characters that, like, a lot of the times they aren't actually wearing mics, but Mm -hmm. the camera crew has parabolic mics. So, like, those big dishes and then they have headphones on. Yeah, they can hear. So you can hear from far away. So they have those. So even when people think they're having private conversations or, like, the camera team is just shooting b-roll or something Mm -hmm. like they can still pick up the audio yeah which probably is why they catch so many private conversations yeah yeah for sure these are sneaky guys it's terrifying but it's so interesting because like they they must know but they also must not know or they i don't want to skip to the end real quick but like i wonder about the budget of this documentary in this world, they must have a budget for 10 years because that clearly is the yeah. almost encompassing of the project. Yeah. Who is paying for them? Who's funding them? Is it Dunder Mifflin? Is it no, someone else, imagine. like outside company? Is it, what is it? Um, yeah, it, it seems insane that someone would fund a decade-long project of just a paper company. Yeah. Where nothing is going to be proven to be interesting except for the fact that they get so personal. Mm-hmm. So, like, whoever is funding this has so much faith in these documentary guys that they will get interesting content rather than just people typing and, yeah. like, making calls about selling paper. Yeah. Like, because they're following them home sometimes. They're following them, like... Through dinner parties, through, through social parties, events. Through dinner parties, like, two client things, like, in the meetings. So I think Dunder Mifflin definitely has to be on board with everything that's happening like Mm -hmm. they have to know that it's an all-access pass they have to have given that permission and i wonder if dunder milton gets in this some sort of kickback in this dying company i also wonder about this the true subject about this documentary if it was meant to be about the people in the beginning or if it was like this is how a company dies slowly but surely this is how a paper company in growing from what was it 2005 or something right 2004 or something into what we now know as the digital world how is this company going to survive and i wonder what the original pitch was because obviously wasn't like we have a wacky regional manager let's film him Mm -hmm. it must have been something more and then it turned into the characters because they jump in immediately with downsizing Mm -hmm. so it is a possible like theory that the documentary crew is there to watch the company die Mm -hmm. and instead of doing that or like they expected it to be like a six-month project where the company dies immediately but then so like they are like they're contracted to work at like shooting this documentary until dunder mifflin goes under but even then it never actually does and they just call it quits after 10 years yeah yeah and they call it quits at an interesting time too Mm -hmm. when everyone's leaving yeah and what might actually be the best time for the business. Oh, 100%. Hmm. Which is why we need a sequel series. Yeah, we do. About how good the company's doing now. And how cute Jim is with a beard. Yeah. And jacked. Oh, so jacked. I know. Well, he went into a sports company, so... It's true. He must just be exercising with all the professional athletes. He's probably in the NBA. Probably. By this point. Yeah.
Uh, I think I want to talk about the very end of the episode. Okay. Real quick. Um, so like we said, this is the season finale, but it ends on Jim and Katie driving off together and Pam watching them go basically yeah, with Roy with Roy. they're leaving too. But Pam is clearly longingly yeah. staring at Jim. And- As he, like, opens the door for Katie and yeah. he's talking about, well, don't freak out. It's a really nice car. It's a Corolla. Yeah, being a little flirty. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that that is where they ended the season mm-hmm. on Jim and Pam. Is- so it's it's sort of like an emotional cliffhanger, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, imagine watching that episode and then having to wait eight months for the next episode. Yeah. Ending it on that point, throughout this entire season, Jim is half sad about Pam. Never admitting it, but clearly he is. Pam is always somewhat oblivious, maybe not. Mm -hmm. This season ends on Pam being sad and Jim being happy with someone else. Pam is upset as she longingly looks at Roy. Even though she's but the love love of her life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting way to end spot it. to end on. Of something that you're gonna want to that's the thing that is going to hopefully bring people back. Yeah. That's what their thoughts must have been. Yeah. Do you think it's good enough? I don't I don't think it feels like the end of a season mm-hmm. because of how I watched it, which is just like powering through. Mm-hmm. And, but like there is a definitive switch in the next episode, season two, episode one. Yeah. Where like the budget is clearly better. Everyone has hairstylists now. Yeah. Like we said, Michael has hair plucks. Yeah. Like he doesn't just have a weird kind of shitty comb over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like crazy widow's peak. He's got like a nice hairline. Yeah. And every like slowly but surely everyone else gets their better hair too. Yeah. So Katie's still in season two. Yeah. For a little bit too. For for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two is a lot longer than season one. Yeah, and that's that's what's so weird about season one. It's only six episodes. It's a very British style of doing things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end. That's yeah. how that's how the season ends. That's is that is that how this episode ends though of this podcast right here? Well, no. Why not? Because we have we have another segment where we uh, we rank some things. Let's rank some things. Let's do it. We rank episodes of the office in three different ways on three lists the first one is mandatory viewing if you're boiling down the office to its core plot Mm -hmm. do you need to see this episode to understand what's going on our second list is just general quality how much did we like this episode just ranked against each other we're going to put them in a, a list yeah and then our third list is the social anxiety factor. How bad was this episode in terms of cringe, anxiety-inducing plot and actions? It's our namesake. Yes. All right, so we'll jump into our first list, mandatory Mm -hmm. viewing. Mandatory viewing. Do we need to see this episode? I lean towards yes. You lean towards yes. This episode where it's mostly about relationships yeah setting up jim and pam and the end of pam and roy Mm -hmm. and i lean towards no really yes but why do you lean towards yes i lean towards yes because we need to see jim pick someone over pam okay he has he makes the decision that he can't wait for pam anymore and 
that he needs to just move on. It happens to be with someone who looks very similar to Pam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he makes the decision, whether consciously or unconsciously, that he can no longer wait for Pam to break up with Roy and fall in love with him. As much as he loves their antics, he is making the decision that they have to be friends. And he he can't wait for her. Yeah. Katie is a plot point. Yeah. She is important. She does show a step forward in Jim's character. Yeah. There's a step forward in Pam's character Mm -hmm. because she longingly looks at Jim. Honestly, if we could just pick the last like 10 minutes. Yeah. Or like the last scene of them Mm -hmm. leaving the office. That's a definite yes. Because the rest of it is kind of fluff. I was arguing before that this episode was mostly about um, subconsciousness Mm -hmm. and things like that. Now that you're saying these things to me, I'm realizing that maybe it's more about the starting of relationships. Yeah. So even with Dwight, my thesis on uh, that might be the point where Dwight and Angela start. Super easy to miss, Mm -hmm. but Dwight does pause out of that door and sort of listens to Angela and Katie talk. Maybe he's sad about not getting the date, but... I do believe that it, I do believe that's the start of him and Angela. Mm-hmm. That might be the start of the end of Pam and Roy. Right. Because Pam looking longingly at um, Jim as he's having fun with a new lady. Yeah. And that's perfectly within his realm. He's not yeah. being mean or anything. He's just living his life because he's been sad this entire season. Yeah. It's switched. Pam was sad and Jim was happy. Yeah. And that's different from the other episodes. Yes. Michael doesn't really have a lot of development. Jim takes that step forward without Pam. Yeah. Michael Michael's development seen. is mostly like I guess I don't know if it's development at this point because we've established him as this sort of like really shitty chameleon as we've called him where he like is trying to fit in mm-hmm. with all these different crowds. So like in this episode we see him try to fit in to a romantic situation, which we haven't seen him do before. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's acts the same way as he always acts and sucks at trying to fit in. Yeah. This is the first time we see him in a potentially romantic situation. Because we see him in a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Throughout. Um, throughout the show. And how he, like, changes himself for that. And, like, in this case, it's relatively minor. He's just telling this girl that he likes coffee and then cleaning his car, which he probably should have done anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been months, right? <laughs> months. So maybe it's more of the same from Michael, but in a new scenario. Mm-hmm. I think this is a setup episode rather than... Yeah, an ending episode. Yeah, rather than an action episode. This is everyone making the decision to act mm-hmm. rather than performing an action. Okay. I think so... this is mandatory viewing this shows everybody in potential relationships which is what the office is all about yeah whether it's friendships between jim and dwight or jim and kevin or like whatever it is or jim and roy yeah i think this is mandatory viewing you got me cool cool our second list (laughs) is general quality Mm -hmm. overall ranking how much did we enjoy it how much did we enjoy it there's been six episodes so there far. There have been six. Would you like me to read the rankings? I would not love including that. episode six? I would love that. Uh, our current ranking. Mm-hmm. Episode two is our top. 
So that's Diversity Day. Yep. Then the pilot. Mm-hmm. Then the Alliance, episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Healthcare, episode mm-hmm. three. And then Basketball, episode five, at the bottom currently. Hmm. This is where the game's getting hard. There's a lot of positions for yeah. this to go into. I feel like because of how much attention I was paying, there were a few laughs, but no just like real big banger jokes. Yeah. I agree. It's all more like subtle action based, like, I guess comedy. It's set up. It's relationship set up. There's some funny parts, but even Jim's prank on Dwight was pretty. Didn't make me burst out loud. He bought a purse. Oh no. He spent $40 or something. Yeah. And looked like a bit of a goof. Yeah. And that was more, yeah, that's relationship building between both Jim and Dwight and Jim and Pam. Right. I could say this could go above or above basketball. I could also let it go below basketball, I think. I think these yeah. two are pretty close in that sense. Basketball, I feel like, was probably more... I don't know. I feel like this episode just wasn't a whole lot to let... This, this is a subtle episode, basically. Yeah. This is one where you have to be paying attention and probably overthinking mm-hmm. to get anything out of it. Yeah. So if you're just like casually watching, you're going to think this is a fucking boring episode. Yeah, even miss those little words that we did yeah. on our first six viewings. <laughs> don't go. Yeah, don't go. So what do you think, below or above basketball? I think it could go. It could go below. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I feel like basketball like has some draw to it, whereas this episode, if you're like a hot girl shows up and everyone acts a little weird, yeah, because she's pretty, yeah, that's not as fun nice. as. Nice. Uh, Michael accidentally is very racist, uh, and homophobic, ch- and, and homophobic. Yeah. Yeah. And challenges the warehouse guys to a basketball game. Yeah. I feel like that has more draw. So we're putting that at the bottom? Yep. Last one. Cringe factor. Cringe social factor. anxiety factor. Mm-hmm. So this is the social anxiety factor is the list where we rank how much anxiety was caused by this episode. How much did we cringe? How uncomfortable were we, basically? Mm-hmm. How uncomfortable were we? What are the things here that makes me cringe? The tickle attack? The tickle attack. Michael's general attitude towards being, I don't know. He thinks he's a ladies' man, but he also doesn't. Michael's weird, awkward interaction. It's just kind of like she has no other options. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I guess she wants to exit the conversation. But he's also very insistent about it. Yeah. That's cringeworthy. But like, what else is? Uh, The tickle attack. Um... Nothing else, really. It's yeah, I can't kinda, think of any big ones that really got It's me. mostly just the little weird things that Michael and Dwight are doing to try to impress this girl. Yeah. And she's not having any of it. And yeah. then Jim acts like a normal fucking person and, you know, gets a date. Yeah, Pam's Pam's looking away from the camera when she's trying on her lip gloss. That's more sad, I think. Yeah, it doesn't make cringy for me. It makes me feel, it makes me feel emotion. It, it makes me feel pity. genuine sad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it makes me feel sad, but it doesn't make me feel cringy. Yeah. So I think we could put this one towards the bottom. Yeah. Can I get a review of our list? Our list thus far. Top is episode five, basketball. Mm-hmm. Then diversity day, episode two, then pilot, then episode four, the Alliance, then episode three, healthcare. There was honestly nothing in healthcare, really. Yeah looking back at it there wasn't anything too major i kind of feel the same way about the alliance not a whole lot healthcare had the present in it though 
the uh, Ooh, yeah. disappointment of a present. Was that? Yeah, that was, right? that was healthcare, right? I think so. Because he makes Dwight do it, and then Michael has a present. Yes. To yes. make the healthcare better. Yeah. Above or below healthcare? I think it's below healthcare. I think it's like, below healthcare, too. Healthcare has that big, big bang or the yeah, present. Yeah, because I can remember that moment. And, that and was... then this episode is all kind of the more subtle character. Yeah, things. yeah. Below right. healthcare. Below healthcare, which is our last. It's our it's least our least cringiest. It's our, it's our least cringy. It's our least uh, quality, but it's still mandatory, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. So I feel like maybe the plot heavier episodes we enjoy less. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe we're just uh, funny guys, you and I. Yeah, just a little quirky. Yeah, you know how we do. Those are our three lists. Mandatory viewing, yes. Mm-hmm. It's on the bottom of our quality list and bottom of our anxiety list. Mm-hmm. I am happy with the quality of this episode from you and I. Oh, we got real deep. Yeah. Talking about internalizing the male gaze yeah. and such. Oh, all right. As two white men, we feel <laughs> yeah. so much guilt. <laughs> yeah. We apologize. Um, Evan, <laughs> where can they find us? You can find us. Yeah. On iTunes, mm-hmm. Google Play, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. Stitcher. Mm-hmm. If people listen on Stitcher, sure, it's a thing. It's there. Sounds like it. Uh, th- that's where you can listen. You can find us. You can interact with us on Instagram at Thunderdog Radio and on Twitter at mm-hmm. msgmsa underscore pod. Also at Thunderdog Radio on Twitter. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, please. It makes us feel. All warm and fuzzy on the inside. And apparently it helps us. That's so. what they say. Yeah. And I can't prove or disprove that statement. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna go with it. Thank you for listening to season one. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening. That was a Thunderdog podcast. <laughs>